Welcome to the KPMG Tax Now podcast. In this podcast, we explore some of the more complex matters across tax, economics, regulation, and compliance. Each month, we meet with KPMG's foremost experts and other special guests to unpack key issues faced by taxpayers around the globe. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Georgia King Seam, and I'm a director at KPMG, where I work within the Accelerating Business Growth Group, ABG. And I'm here today with Alan Needham. Thanks, Georgia. Uh, yes, Alan Needham here. I'm a principal director in the ABG group and also the uh, head of KPMG's national grants practice. Thanks, Alan. Okay, so today what we thought we'd do is give you just a bit of a um, snapshot of the federal budget in terms of what that might mean for your industry and for your business. So. I suppose let's start with the R&D tax incentive. So the good news is no direct changes to the R&D tax incentive. The big changes were in the previous budget and most of those changes will come through from 1 July this year. So if you're not already on top of those changes, you should take the time to, um, to read up on them. It is worth noting that despite some recommendations by a recent Senate committee and quite a bit of industry pressure, there were no announcements around the introduction of a quarterly credits program or indeed changes to, I suppose, allow more software-based R&D or even provide a separate uh, software-based tax incentive. However, there is a new 30% refundable digital games tax incentive, which we think will apply for uh, software games being developed in Australia. And that might be a little bit of a test case to see what a separate tax incentive might look like. The only other thing to mention, I think, in the context of the R&D tax incentive is the Board of Taxation has been charged with a review of essentially the efficacy of the dual agency model. So that's the model under which both the Australian Tax Office and Aus Industry administer the R&D tax incentive. The terms of reference are available online and the Board is looking for feedback from claimants. So if you are claiming the R&D tax incentive and you do want to provide feedback to the Board, we recommend you do so or indeed you can do so through us as we will also be engaging with the Board. The board is due to report back on the 30th of November. So we will be working on our clients to provide input on this. And Georgia, I, I note that uh, Australia is one of only a handful of countries to actually operate a dual agency model with respect to an R&D tax program. Do you, do you think the very fact that we are amongst only a, a small group um, almost uh, forecasts or predicts the, uh, the outcome of the uh, Board of Taxation review? I mean, do you think Oz industry has a legitimate role to, to play going forward. Thanks, Alan. Look, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I don't know if I'd be drawn in terms of what the outcomes of the review might be, but what I would say is it has been problematic in places. And indeed, the uh, Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman, uh, Kate Carnell, previously was quite critical of the administration by the, the two agencies. And there's uh, another review underway by the Australian, uh, the National Audit Office, so this, we certainly expect that there will be some recommendations for change, but what those might be at this point, I'd, I don't think I'd want to speculate too far. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, look, just to round off the other tax incentives, uh, digital games we've mentioned. Uh, the, the other thing to make note of is Australia will get its first patent box regime. So this is quite exciting in the sense that we haven't had a patent box regime before, but perhaps it's quite limited in what it is. So a patent box really allows you a lower rate of tax on uh, profits derived uh, from, the, from the patent. Uh, the proposed rate is 17%, which is a bit higher than most other countries, but at the same time, it's a first step, and it will be limited to uh, medical and biotechnology patents initially. So it's quite interesting to see one sector 
uh, favoured over others in this, and which is probably a good segue, Alan, over to you to talk about what, what did, what's going on for these sectors. Well, on the grants front, uh, there were no real surprises with the government continuing with its focus on a number of specific sectors, including clean tech and agribusiness, as well as support for regional Australia to help build resilience. Um, so a lot of excitement last year, obviously, with the big announcements around R&D tax, uh, and also the announcement of the uh, $1.5 billion modern manufacturing strategy, which does continue. Uh, so this year, I can't say it was a letdown as such, but there's a, a mix of measures across a host of areas. But as I said, the government's very keen to, um, in a sense, pick winning sectors as well as, well as obviously winning projects within those sectors. Um, as an example, it's going to invest $1.2 billion in a technology co-investment facility to support its technology investment roadmap, which is a strategy to accelerate development and commercialisation of low emissions technologies in Australia. And of course, hydrogen got plenty of attention um, and there have been a number of hydrogen related announcement, re announcements recently. And I think indeed the Prime Minister was up in Gladstone uh, just last week you know, at one of the big hydrogen project sites. Um, the mechanism for distributing the funding, uh, whether it's going to be competitive grants or direct investment has yet to be announced. So uh, we'll watch that space uh, closely. Uh, in terms of regional measures, uh, these include another round of the Building Better Regions Fund. I think we're now up to round six from memory, which supports community and local council infrastructure projects. So that's obviously important for the region. In terms of the uh, modern manufacturing strategy, as I said, that continues with further rounds under the modern manufacturing initiative expected from the second half of this year. Uh, they're expected to be very, very competitive based on their experience with the first round, which had many hundreds of applicants. What is clear is that a very good understanding of the roadmaps prepared for each of the national manufacturing priorities, of which there are six, is vital to ensure that your project is well aligned and therefore competitive in the context of the program. Um, given that companies were only given four weeks to prepare their applications for the first round, and that's for projects of up to or requesting up to $20 million in grant funding, it certainly pays to plan ahead in terms of reviewing the roadmap and the program guidelines and scoping the project to know what's required for a competitive application. So really, you know, very much pays to be prepared. Were these rounds opening and closing so quickly? I mean, how much of a heads up does industry actually have as to, to when they should be preparing for these? That's a very good question. And uh, certainly our experience with the first round of MMI was that effectively there was no advance warning uh, because we had to wait until the roadmap was released to give a sense as to what sorts of activities and projects the program was going to support before you know you could start preparing the application and given that the roadmap came out on the day that the round opened and there was only then four weeks it made it very challenging um, now for the second third and hopefully fourth round of that particular program the roadmap's not going to change so the roadmap is out there the program guidelines are, are obviously available as well so you know we're not sure when the second round will open it, it could be the early in the second half of this this calendar year um, so companies applying for the second round are in a better position than the first round. Um, yeah, so that's that's the positive, I guess. Okay, so look, another quick area I want to touch on as well is uh, for those in the ICT sector, uh, and obviously this sort of goes across support across all industries. The direct funding for the ICT industry was fairly light in the budget. Um, most of it was really directed towards SMEs, so funding for digital enablement, e-invoicing, a little bit for artificial intelligence capabilities, machine learning, but most of this is around getting uh, assistance from government, often through universities and, and other mechanisms. So there are some other pockets of funding, predominantly uh, around cyber, also for regional areas. 
but again, the the big ICT budget is actually to government departments. So if you're in a position to be picking up that sort of work, fantastic. But otherwise, the direct funding is, is probably a bit more limited. Alan, is there anything else you think we should cover briefly here? Well, well look, I'd, I'd add just in relation to um, uh, agribusiness, uh, there's a new $371 million biosecurity package. But very similar to the point you've just made there, Georgia, a lot of that funding is actually being directed towards uh, government use. Um, so it includes you know, funding to support you know, further research and then the take-up of technology for identifying biosecurity risks at the border, and that include the risk posed you know, through uh, international mail. So that's one of the things, you know, when you look at some of these large amounts that are announced as part of the budget, when you dig a little bit deeper into the detail, you, know, you will see, as you've just noted, that you know, quite a bit of the funding is directed for, you know, towards government use. Um, but there are certainly opportunities for um, companies to be involved uh, and certainly if there's opportunity to collaborate with others and particularly if that can include a research organisation, for instance, including the likes of the CSIRO or universities, that's certainly well regarded by government and is certainly one of the key themes that you know, they're very um, uh, strong supporters of. Um, so that's, that's probably it from a grants perspective. So certainly plenty of programs out there. Um, not quite as exciting as last year with the big modern manufacturing strategy announcement, but uh, certainly things to take some time to, to be across and to make sure you're, you're certainly not missing out. Fantastic. Thank you, Alan. Well, look, I think that's all we have time for today, but I'd like to um, thank you for listening in. And you can find further information on the KPMG website and, of course, reach out to us anytime. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to another episode of the KPMG Tax Now podcast. If you'd like to ask us a question, please send us an email at kpmgtaxnow at kpmg.com.au. Be sure to subscribe at kpmg.com forward slash au forward slash tax now or follow our LinkedIn page, KPMG Tax Now Insights. That's all for now. We look forward to sharing more insights with you soon.